Hello, Greg Flint here, sitting by the fire. I'd like to read you my story, How the World Got Better. If you'd been the full moon that summer night, just peeking over the eastern crags, you'd have cast long, craggy shadows and then a shimmering path of light over the mountain lake to a little happy campfire on the far shore. Rising higher, you'd have seen by the fire a lovely old man and woman holding hands. A little girl, maybe about nine, who all looked up at you smiling. Around the fire, cozied up in blankets, the little ones are growing sleepy. All day long, the girl had looked after them. She liked doing this and was very good at it. She wanted to be a teacher. Today, the older kids and adults of the camp had gathered food, baskets and baskets of huckleberries packed in cool moss, a little smoke lodge full of lake trout and racks of drying herbs. Meanwhile, she and the little ones ate too many berries, played in and quickly out of the cold lake water, and hunted pretty rocks. When the sun got hot, they made fairy homes among the tree roots, watched mountain goats and tried to sneak up on marmots. They had rolled, laughing down grassy hills and told stories. Some of what they had done came from ideas from the old couple. The girl knew they'd been a big help just by quietly being around. After dinner, the rest of the campers had gone fishing again for fun and for breakfast. They were out there now, three canoes silently drifting in the shadows, casting their lines into deep moonlit water. It had been a long, wonderful day. The girl felt both very tired and very happy. But she wasn't sleepy, not yet. Fire and stories had finally sent the little ones dreaming. She had no responsibilities, and her mind was full of story magic. As a baby, this girl's baby talk had sounded so much like sweet little stories that little story became her name. Mostly she was simply called Lil, and she was very good at telling stories, so of course she loved listening to them. The old couple by the fire with her were the best storytellers she knew, her very own great-grandparents, or Guma and Goompa, as some grandchild had called them long ago. Now everyone did. As Lil looked over the fire at them, Goompa gave Guma a snuggle and a squeeze. Guma giggled softly and cuddled closer to him. With a little blush and a smile, Lil looked back at the fire. Older than dirt and still in love, people said. She hoped for love like that someday. Sure, they're old, she thought, and beautiful, too. They twinkled with loving happiness and wisdom, and it felt good just to be around them. Like a big shady tree on a hot day or a cozy fire on a cold night or little dreamily contemplated metaphors. Then she remembered something. With a little shiver, now wide awake, she looked up, troubled. Guma and Goompa were smiling at her. Could you guys go on with that story you were telling last winter? You didn't finish. I've got to know what happened. What story was that, asked Goompa. So many stories. I was pretty sure he was pretending to forget. He loved doing that. You remember, Goompa. It was a big, long story. You said it was our story. 
the story of how the world got better. Ah, yes, good story that, said Gumpa, looking into his wife's smiling eyes. Lil had a sudden feeling that this story had something to do with their being so happy. The old man carefully added wood to the fire, sat back and asked, Where were we? Well, you told about thousands of years of human civilization. Lots of it was fascinating, but there was so much awful stuff, too. Then it got so crazy, everything was falling apart. That's where you stopped. It was really sad and scary. For a while, no one spoke. Then Guma quietly said, yes, it was. Lil remembered. They were the only people she knew who had been there, who knew what it felt like before the world got better. Is it hard to talk about, she asked. We have some hard memories, but it needs talking about. It's a story you should know. Besides, if I remember right, the story was about to get so much better. That's right. You said we'd almost passed all that stupid stuff and are reaching the exciting part, like in old stories where the fair lady's in desperate trouble and it's time for heroes. Only the fair lady was this whole beautiful world and for heroes there was just us. Again, the old one shared that strangely powerful smile. What, asked Lil? Well, imagine all the people throughout history who must have longed for a story like this to tell the kids someday. And it all happened, and here we are telling it. So we'd better tell it, dear, said Guma. Okay, Guma began. You know how fishing line gets all tangled up if you're not careful? Yes. Well, human affairs were like that. What could have been so simple and clear and good, we tangled into a vast, ugly knot, big as the world, impossibly tight. Many heroic people tried to free this bit or that or even untangle the whole thing, but it seemed hopeless. And then, what? What happened, cried Lil? Something got right through the knot. No more knot. Was it a magic sword, a hero like King Arthur? Lil loved the King Arthur stories. The old ones laughed and nodded. Yeah, kind of like that in a way. Only for heroes, it took all of us. And see if you can guess what was the magic sword. Can I have a hint? Okay. You've heard of Albert Einstein? Sure, Uncle Mo talks about him. He was smart. Wise, kind, funny too, I like him. Me too. He once said something like, If we keep doing what we've been doing, we'll keep getting what we've been getting. Lil thought about this a while and said, Wow, anyway you look at that. Yes, said Goompa, I know. So here's your hint. We, the people of this world, finally did something different something we'd never even considered. She thought about this, but Lil still couldn't guess what the magic sword could have been. Can you tell me some more of the story? Sure. Let's go back to just before it happened. 
There we all were, nearly 8 billion people beginning to realize that none of us liked the way things were going. It had long felt like we were playing a mean, stupid game that nobody liked, but we didn't know how to stop playing, or even if we could stop. And it began to get interesting. Millions of people all over the world took to the streets calling for change. It was an exciting and important time, and yet we still had to learn that uniting against something wasn't enough to cut the knot. Also, our thinking was still so full of us versus them, that wouldn't cut it either. Wait, you guys, please, a little interrupted. It's been bothering me all along. You keep saying nobody liked how it was going. Why didn't they all just stop and ask how they would like the world to be? It was a long silence. Big smiles on the old faces, eyes shining. They just stared at her. What? asked Lil. That was it, hon. That question. How would we like this world to be? We finally asked. We listened to each other. And what we heard cut through the knot like a magic sword. Goompa put more wood on the fire. For a while, the crackle and hiss of the fire was the only sound. So it was just a question? Just like in the story of Percival and the Holy Grail? Yes, said Goompa. Interesting, isn't it? That story also had to do with healing the world. Tell us, hon, however did you get? I didn't know I had. I mean, we use that kind of question all the time, from kids deciding what to play to big decisions involving everyone, or just about one's life. How would you like it to be? They'd never asked before, really. No wonder it was all messed up. How did it finally happen? Kind of like you suggested, huh? We all just stopped. It was a tiny thing. A virus new to our body's defenses, the immune system. Very contagious. Much of the world got sick. Many died. Most of us had to stay home, if we had one, for a long, long time. So we wouldn't get each other sick. Imagine no school. Most offices and stores closed. Countless millions lost their jobs. The vast, noisy machine of our economy fell strangely silent. In that sudden, quiet aloneness came a sort of magic as billions of people realized we all faced the same great challenge. Not just a virus, but everything. The whole sad, stupid, scary mess, the knot, and how we felt about it. It was then that someone dreamed about the question, and they told the dream in a letter to the world. Cool, who was that? The letter said that she was a girl in elementary school who wished to remain anonymous, so that's all we know. Wow, an unknown kid, a mystery. What was the dream? In the dream, silent, troubled people sat around a small fire on a very long night. Somehow we were all there. Everything else had stopped. And all life seemed to be waiting. 
Then like a whisper to each one came the question, how would you like this world to be? Just imagine it. In the dream, we bravely answered from the heart, one by one, while we all listened. What we heard changed everything. Amidst great rejoicing, our dreamer woke up. Wow, exclaimed Lil, exactly what the dreamer felt. So she shared this dream in a letter to the world and proposed a simple global survey. One little question for each of us to consider. How would you like this world to be? Then, short and sweet, the dreamer herself answered the question. Well, this letter went all over the Internet. People sent it to friends and family everywhere. Remember, we'd reached a time when our technology put us all in the same room in a way. Only back then it felt like a room where everybody was talking at once. This kid's letter hit home with people. As it spread, it began to feel more like we were all around the same little fire, quiet and real like in the dream. And the stay-at-home time of the virus was the perfect time for answering the question. The question was simple, but it wasn't easy. Not for people whose hearts felt broken by endless bad news. Many had stopped believing that the world could get better or that they themselves could get better. That kind of hopelessness is like a bad drug. It dulls the pain, maybe, but it dulls people, too. It was hard for many to even imagine the kind of world and way of living in it they might like. And yet imagining that was the key. It was easier for the kids to do this. Soon, children and young people the world over were sharing their answers to the question. Their words broke the silence of the rest of us. Bravely, we began to answer, too. The excitement and empowerment of the question began to move like the wind, not just on the Internet, but in print, on the radio, eventually face-to-face in homes, cafes, classrooms, even boardrooms and around fires all over the world. But what about the people you told about before, asked Lil, the ones who talked to everybody all the time, making people angry and divided and afraid? That was kind of funny. There was no way to twist and spin this question. It wasn't about what was wrong and whose fault it was. There was no good guys or bad guys. It was simply an invitation to speak from the heart, imagine a world and way of living in it that we'd really like, and listen to each other. What was there to argue about? The politicians, demagogues, and all didn't know what to do except shut up and listen to the people. The big wheels they worked for were being deserted by all their little wheels. They felt confused, lonely. The people were having more fun. They began to face the question themselves and were often surprised by their own answers. What happened then? As we listened to each other, what we heard changed everything, just like in the dream. Like we used to say, it blew our minds. How? Why? Well, when we couldn't imagine a better world, we couldn't believe it possible. So it wasn't. But finally, we learned that we all imagined and longed for the same kind of changed world. We'd never known that. As we learned the truth, 
that we shared profound agreement in our answers to the question, we finally began to believe our world could get better and to act like it. We all wanted the same thing. There was no conflict about letting it happen. We began to really see each other. The us versus them thinking melted away. There are no sides in a circle. At first, some had trouble getting used to the idea that there was nobody to fight. But soon it was all just us, people around a lovely one-of-a-kind planet, discovering we loved and cherished her. The world could get better, and we could all be part of it. Talk about dreams come true. Many cried tears of joy. It seems like a party started then that's still going on. Once we learned that we longed for the same kind of world, the details were easy. We found the ways to heal the world were all connected. The problems were tangled in that hideous knot, but the answers were woven together like a beautiful tapestry. We had much to relearn and rethink, but we jumped in eagerly. We taught, we learned, we shared ideas and skills and worked joyously together. Of course, we felt a little silly, having finally asked that question only after thousands of years. Oh, well, exciting times. The old ones are getting sleepy. Goomba, Goomba, wait, please, you never really said how the people answered the question. Really? Oh, well... We had strong, unique, wide-ranging answers, yet they seemed to harmonize. On what came to be called the important stuff, we found profound agreement. It all fit together, too, like the parts of anything beautiful. We said for a, we longed for a world where all were at peace with each other, themselves, and with life. We knew as we said it what a huge change we were talking about. On war and violence, we said no more. We had to acknowledge that was mainly a guy thing. Something deep in the male psyche that came from fear and the memory of fear that needed profound healing. We stopped feeding the fear and violence in our culture. We chose to feed the love. Remember in the Percival story when the question was finally asked? The power of the grail could at last heal the wounded king. As the king was healed, so was the land. We found we longed for our mother earth to heal and thrive again. This meant we had to stop hurting her and give back to her, like everything living. It all happened easier and faster than we thought possible because we not only knew we had to, we also knew we all wanted to. Also, we wanted our civilization to relax, to slow down, to live simply, closer to nature, in a new way, to each other. What did we really need, anyway? Safety, good food, water, shelter, clothing, tools, mostly home, family, friends, community, love, meaningful work, art, dance, music, stories, we realized we could meet these needs without making such a mess. We wanted a world we all felt part of, where we each brought something to the party and were appreciated for it. <clears throat> we also wanted to keep learning how to find agreement so our relationships in the world could work. 
We found we wanted a world where we didn't need to drive cars so much. We got off our butts, off our screens, outside. Started walking again, riding bikes. For many of us, the horse came back. Best of all, we decided we didn't even need money anymore. Oh my, what a huge change that was. Little pipes up, can you explain what money was? I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. Perhaps no one did. It involved paper and coins that we agreed had value and it had to be used to get everything we needed to live. Some folks got very good at the money game we thought we had to play. They could explain the rules and how to cheat. But as for really understanding it, how do you understand or explain a very complicated system that makes no sense and was hurting us? Money had been a big part of that old knot. The way we had been doing money created poverty, pollution, corruption, war, and a civilization, much of which nobody really liked anyway, that was killing the earth. So we put our minds and hearts together, found a new way. It's all so different now. We all learn what we love doing and are good at and give that where needed. We sometimes use a medium of exchange, but it's very different. We all have what we need. No one seems to want more than they need. Perhaps that's because that old hole-in-the-soul feeling we used to try and fill in so many ways is gone. So different now. Mighty sweet. The question put us back in the circle, and we've stayed there. The old ones had stopped talking. Will was considering all this. But how could the people themselves change so much, so fast? You said people had been pretty messed up by it all being so bad for so long. True. Good question, Han said Guma. Maybe it's because there's a vast connection between how we feel about our world and how we feel about ourselves. Feeling much better about our world led to feeling better about ourselves. After all, if you're imagining the kind of world you'd like, it leads to considering what kind of person you'd like to be in that world. For a while, all was silent but the little flyer. Then came the sound of voices, canoes being pulled up on the beach. Careful not to disturb the sleeping little ones, Lil got up and gave the old ones a long hug. Thank you, she said, for such a good story, and for being there, for answering the question and letting it all come true. You guys are my heroes. You're the best. Then she said something about taking a walk. Everyone was coming back now. She needed to be alone. She walked in the moonlit lake shore, her heart and mind very full. She was so glad the world got better. What a story. She wanted to learn it really well and more of it so she could tell the kids. For a moment, she saw herself as an old woman, telling children far in the future about how the world got better. Then... Thinking about the future, she remembered that tomorrow they'd all pack up. The teepees and the newly gathered food would be loaded into horse travois or in backpacks. 
They'd hike down to the valley along the big lake to her village home with its farms, orchards, animals, and all her friends. It was harvest time. Then came the big fall gathering, followed by winter, the best time for stories. Very sleepy at last, Lil said goodnight to the moon and the beauty all around her and headed for camp, her cozy blankets and sweet dreams. Greg Flint here, my story, how the world got better.